you're a professional. That's your business, not yeah. mine, frankly. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, Chrisley. I mean, totally. Yeah. Chrisley it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah threw exactly. that back in my mm-hmm. face. I did. Welcome back to the Refactor Podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck just a little bit less each and every day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 080, number 80, on September 13th, 2022. If you have, have, have you watched, uh, there's a show on Amazon Prime called The Legend of Vox Machina. Have you seen this? Nope. Okay, so just nah, a little pop culture nerd, nerd nerdance reference here. Um, it is a, uh, it's an animated series. It's definitely adults. It's, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of colorful language in it. Um, it is uh, built, it was uh, written by uh, a, a bunch of D&D nerds is essentially, uh, it's, there, there's a group. Oh, goodness. Called, so there's a group called Critical Role who, who were, I, I'm not sure what the exact relationship is, but you know, they, their name is plastered on this. Critical Role is a online D&D streaming um, show um okay and uh so they have this they made an animated show uh and it is stupendous uh i mean is it good? You, yeah so if you're any kind of a D nerd uh, I'm, I'm i'm sorry Archer. hey phrasing if you're a dungeons and dragons nerd and uh or or have rpgs i have not i i should i probably should because i'm Pretty sure I would find that absolutely delightful, um, but no, I have I have never actually played it. Um, we have a comic store downtown that actually does D and D sessions. I I should I should go in there sometime. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, oh we we actually have a big Comic Con happen. I don't know a big, but like a Comic Con coming to my town, State College, coming has, to your your fair yeah, town. Huh? Yes, and, and we've got this. We have this really big, nice new athletic center that has. Tons of space works great for this kind of convention with a bunch of we're going to fill it with a bunch of nerds. It's going to be fantastic. They're they're going to do costumes and and cosplay contests and all. Oh, my gosh, I'm super stoked. Um, And it's going to be right around the corner. I take my daughter there Mm -hmm. a couple times a week for for athletics. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, So anyway, if you are any uh, if, if anything that I just described tickles your fancy, then you owe it to yourself if you have an Amazon Prime subscription. Check out the Legend of Vox Machina. It is it is a fantastic, uh, fantastic show. And there's just some great um, for 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 if there are other WoW nerds uh, in the in the audience like me, um, there is um, a couple of the a couple of the cast are. Um, Old hats uh, from uh, that you'll recognize from uh, other. Uh, there's uh, Laura Bailey who plays the uh, voice of uh, Jaina Proudmore in the world in the Warcraft world, and Liam O'Brien who uh, does uh, the voice of Illidan Stormrage in the Warcraft world, and those two actually are brother and sister in this show, and I am sure that that wasn't an accident that they put those two next to each other because. <laughs> They've they've been they've been playing off of each other in the Worldcraft world for years, so it was just really funny to hear them uh, pop up in the, in the show. Um, so yeah, uh, Amazon Prime, Legend of Vox Machina, good little uh, a good little entertainment pick for you. Super augmented, silent, and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. So yeah, it was. Uh, I, I just I just randomly started it the other day, and I realized what what am I doing with my life that I haven't watched this sooner? What is wrong with you? <laughs> nerd i got i got a few uh i got a, f- a few friends and acquaintances that uh that do D and i'm sure it would be fun it's 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 an interesting concept for sure i've never done it i'm like i don't know if i like if if tomorrow i get invited to go you know whatever i'll try it out you try I'll it try yeah it for sure yeah, i mean it, it's, give it, a it go. looks like fun yeah yeah, I, I mean, uh, like, there's a, I mean, just the 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 interplay and and the you know, it, it's an interesting way. It, I imagine that it's got to be a little bit like going to a, um, uh, what are they? 
it wasn't you. Somebody else I know did a, um, uh, a whodunit murder dinner acting thing. Or it wasn't, that wasn't you, oh, right? Oh, okay. Did you do that? I've done those. I've done those, but no, I not. So like, I didn't tell I you know about somebody it. Who, I know somebody who went to one and like was assigned he and his wife were assigned roles that assigned they were roles, yeah. that they, that you're supposed to play act through mm-hmm. the through the the evening. Yeah. It's that's it's sounds, like that, but but with stabbing goblins, but with stabbing goblins like and, and and more dice and stats. You know, it like sounds nerdy. like a good time. It sounds like a good time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So, I uh, on on more nerdy stuff, uh, more relevant to the audience. Um. So I have been. Um. I have. I have been playing with, uh, for a whole host of reasons, I've been playing with some, uh, uh, I picked up Ruby again. Uh, I've been playing with Rails. Specifically, I've been playing with Hotwire. I've been playing with Turbo. Oh, Return of the Hotwire. And Stimulus. Yep. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep tooting this horn because I really do think this is, uh, this is the way and the light. Uh, I, I do feel like this is the ultimate solution to this, this thorny problem. Um, so I have actually been utilizing it and implementing it. And uh, that has been an eye-opening experience. Um, so it does so not- So tell me a little bit about the, about. I, I'm curious on two things. First sure. is the learning curve. And then second is kind of the ROI of the, the ergonomics. Yeah. All right. So there's a couple- like day-to-day. Yeah. All right. So there's, uh, there's two things I'm going to call out specifically. Um, so- as they're not totally related. So Rails in the latest version made a shift to utilize the import map technology, which is this new standard for uh, how you uh, uh, define and then utilize your various JavaScript libraries. Normally, this is a backend preprocessor. You know, you would use something like Node or Yarn or some combination thereof, and it would pre-bundle all of your JavaScript into a single file or a handful of, of files, and then you would serve that one file. And that was all like a pre-build thing. Import Maps moves away from that entirely. You now, instead of instead of downloading um, Lodash, for example, probably one of the most common JavaScript libraries right now, which you and I being the grand granddaddies in this business, like you and I remember when it was called Underscore. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, uh, underscore and, uh, b- back, backbone, 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 underscore and backbone yeah. go. That, it that's was like, like one of the, not, not the earliest, but that was an early iteration of JavaScript framework. Uh, yeah. I've, you know, it was decent for was the good. time. It was decent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, you threw some, some jQuery in there as well, but, um, you know, we're getting, we're getting old, uh, old timey here. Um, so, uh, import maps. Change, fundamentally changes this. You can do you can do your entire setup now from development all the way out to production. You don't need Node. You can use npm and Node packages, but you don't actually use Node to get them. Import maps just go out to the CDNs that serve these files and just grab them for you. And you can do that in development, and then that same import map declaration goes out to production. And so when you you can actually um, you can actually call import whatever from whatever and then the import map knows where you're calling from and where it's actually located and so you can do local files right so for your third party depths that makes sense but what about what about your own internal libs like you can this, use how does that interoperate well you can do it you can set up your own import declarations for your own internal libs too so that you can do import blank from but like in local name. development it like in local development i don't have them in a cd like i'm still working on them how does this well, you can, your import maps can declare local files. Like you can put local oh, files okay. into your import map declaration as well. Um, and then that allows you to make import calls in your, in your, in your scripts uh, gotcha. for your, for your stuff and the remote stuff the exact same way. So at the top of the file, right. you'll have however many import calls for all the things that you, that you need. So it's very nice and clean that way. You don't need to worry about the bundling and all that stuff. I, lo- I mean, it's it's much much cleaner. I like it a lot. Um, browser browser support is universal except for Firefox, but there is a shim that supports it, and so you basically just have to ignore some early browser errors, and your your app just handles it transparently. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the gotcha with that, so it's a really cool system. The gotchas with that, obviously, moving away from Node and prepackaging. You know that's going to cause people some some 
some heady behavior, uh, especially if you're used to doing your import declarations for something like common JS, which is another standard. They, you know, they look a little different. So you got to change that stuff. Um, the big gotcha that I ran into with, with the, the import stuff ties into turbo. And that is all your JavaScript goes in the header and only in the header. And you really want to avoid script tag declarations entirely. So in the good old days, you would on any given page load, okay, I need this extra library. So like I need load dash. So I would have script source equals CDN slash load dash, you know, and I would go and I would get the load dash library. With turbo, uh, well, excuse me, with stim with, uh, with, Import maps, you don't need to do that. You can actually just do the import call and, and you know, away you go. You're, you don't need the extra script source. So there's, so there's that. But then the problem gets exacerbated. It's even more important. It's doubly important when you throw turbo into the mix. So what um, turbo... Which turbo, I stayed away from that. I got to be honest. The first iteration of yes. turbo was balls. Tur- turbo and I just that, Turbo links. That turned yep. me off of... I just yep. avoided it. And, yep. and even then it became like on by default. I would go out of my way to disable and I avoid it. I did the same thing. I, and that was, not, that was not the intellectual approach. That was the emotional approach. That was the Chris Toddler throwing, uh, throwing toys across the room approach. But I just... I, it, I just left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, but it was know. just, it was more, it, because it was so narrowly scoped, because it was turbo links and it was supposed to be just, you know, these these URLs or portions of the page. Yeah. It ended up being, in a lot of cases, in my opinion, more trouble than it was worth. You know, it was single page app-esque, but it wasn't full single page app, but it wasn't full dynamics. And so it was this weird half measure that just ended up being more of a pain in the ass than anything else. And so I don't blame you. I did the exact yeah. same thing. Turbo takes the concept that they that the rails team spent a lot of years learning from and blows it out to the entire application and to to good effect i think um the key is it intercepts all of the navigation links it intercepts all the forms and so you no longer have true page reloads instead you have turbo intercept everything it changes the URL, so the URL actually does change, and it sets the back button, but it's doing those things via JavaScript. You're not actually getting a true traditional HTML reload. Right. This yeah. has consequences. Single page app by proxy. Kind of, <laughs> like right. A, yeah. and, and so you, and the page that you visited gets cached. So right before you leave the page, it caches it. So that if you hit the back button, it's reloading that page from cache, so it looks really snappy which is cool. The problem is now that all that stuff is cached and now that you're not actually getting a true page reload, you have to be very careful with how you include scripts and the state of those scripts. So a really simple example, bootstrap modals. When you um, click a button and you get the little modal window pop-up or you get the little pop-up, the pop-over thing or something like that. Okay, let's say you leave that up and you click a link and it takes you to the next page. Well, if you hit the back button without doing proper cleanup, you'll hit the back button. It'll load that page up. That modal window will still be open because that was the state the page was in when you navigated away from it. And so you have to make extra effort to make sure that um, you have to actually do cleanup now is really what it comes down to. With with pages, you traditionally you would do setup. You would worry about you know putting all your JavaScript in place for that page. But by the time you um, hit, you didn't, you never had to worry about cleanup because the page would close. You'd load the next page. The browser took care of, you know, emptying caches and things like that for you. You just worried about putting things together. Now you actually have to think about tear down where it makes sense. So in the case of this modal window, for example, you need to make sure that when you navigate away and Hotwire has functionality for this, you have to take care to close the modal windows. So if any modal windows are open, you know, find all the modal windows, set them to hidden and, you know, sort of reset their state. And so um, you, that's on a case by case basis. It's going to depend on what your page is doing and how it's doing right. it to determine what you actually need to set up and tear down. So it's not something that that Hotwire can do for you magically. But this is where stimulus comes in because stimulus being sort of part of this ecosystem has 
it's, it, some, it has this very basic controller logic and the controller logic, you can connect it to the entire page or specific objects or things like that. And then it has three events. It has initialization. It has connect. It has disconnect. That's it. Connect is when it mm-hmm. appears on the screen. Disconnect is when it disappears from the screen. And so for this modal window thing, you would set a disconnect, you know, oh, for to, alter, yeah. to just change the classes to hide them again. Um, right. So you just have to, that's, so those are the big things for me. It was eliminating script tags and then understanding that I had to juggle state um, and uh, also breaking the habit of putting all my script tags in the footer, you know, because normally mm-hmm. that has traditionally been, you know, yeah. for performance purposes, you would put the script tags at the end. Now you just put this import map at the header. It doesn't actually load anything until it needs it. So the need, you'd no longer need to explicitly declare script tags anywhere except the header. Um, and Turbo has some magic to recognize that stuff changing. So you, it'll automatically load libraries as you need them. But, uh, you know, you need okay. to get around that. Um, so the other gotcha that uh, I, I had that came off of this kind of was, uh, okay, I'm not, uh, normally I would do a script source call and I would include this library and it would just kind of set some stuff up for me. Like it just sort of, sort of did it. Well, do the it, thing. It would do the thing and it would give me, I would have, you know, I, I would create, you know, I, I you know, source, you know, script source CDN slash widget. Now I've got some global widget object. Okay, well, when mm-hmm. I do the import map thing, you don't necessarily have that object. And so your syntax might change a little bit or the libraries, if they're not set up to be imported as modules, you actually need to take an extra step and sort of set them up as modules. So I had uh, a small library. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but it was made to be done via a script source call, right? And it didn't have any it didn't actually have a module to import. And so what I needed to do was I downloaded that script and then I went to the very end of the file and I took its, the, the object that it was, it was making and declaring. And I set, you know, import this object, you know, import default or export default this object so that when I go to import it, now I have the thing and I know what I need to do. And so if you're, you know, you've got to understand the, the flow, you know, you can't just simply, do a script source tag blindly with this. You've got to know what that library is actually doing and preparing in a certain sense. Right. Uh, and if it's not doing, if it's not setting up an, an, an exported module for you, the way that you, uh, the way that you need it, you may need to, you know, set that up. Um, There's a little bit of bookkeeping yeah, there. A little yeah. bit of bookkeeping, a little bit of bookkeeping. Um, yeah. So that was another little gotcha. Uh, and then the last thing for me uh because turbo intercepts all links and all form submissions and you know it basically holds the state and sort of manipulate it's it's really manipulating a single dom you load the page once and then it just continues to manipulate and re-manipulate right. the dom um you have to uh you are now effectively hands off of the window and document contexts Oh, I love, I love to hear that. I, oh, really? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. so much, so many libraries depend on manipulating those or accessing those. Yeah. And so with this, you actually, you, you don't touch them. They, they are mm-hmm. owned completely by Turbo. You operate in the narrow context of whatever the thing is that you need to do. And again, Stimulus facilitates this because the you know the way that those controllers work makes it makes it very easy to do that, um, and uh, I think under the hood, Turbo does a lot with the stuff that you include in the header, so that you know you shouldn't have to worry about it too much. But generally <laughs> yeah, speaking, you, you, you have to be careful. Shouldn't yeah right? You should is the operative word. Yeah, there so you that everybody don't hates right. So if you're writing custom code you with turbo you should of you um you don't own window you don't own document turbo has control over those completely you're operating at a lower level and mm-hmm. um that's going to be a, a bit of an adjustment for folks as well um so those are the things that really uh I'll say jumped out at me uh at first and then I was also 
really pissed off to see that there is still no elegant solution for using vagrant boxes on Windows with a file share that gets updated the instant that I update the files. There's it's still just a <laughs> I still deal with this. Still vagrant deal with this. Still hasn't solved that. It's it's a it's not vagrant's problem. I mean, we were we it's were a virtual, dealing with that in 2015. I mean, it's it's a sync. Yeah, it's still a file sync problem. And it, this is specifically because I'm using VirtualBox, uh, the shared mm. file logic there. It doesn't update, you know, just because I hit save on a file doesn't mean that it, you know, for whatever reason, VirtualBox doesn't instantly auto update it on this, on the, on the guest side. You know, if I update it on the host, it, that doesn't immediately populate to the guest, which just frosts me. So, um, yeah, but this time I'm trying to, so that was a, <laughs> an old problem. <laughs> With a slightly new solution, this time instead of using the default file shares, I'm using an rsync utility that Vagrant has built in. Um, so, oh, so they're like, ah, we're, we're not going to solve this. We're going to punt it to some other tool. I mean, they really, I mean, Vagrant can't. VirtualBox needs to solve it, but they haven't. You can do an NFS share, but you can't do those right. on Windows. Windows doesn't have NFS. Yeah. So, because um, yeah. Windows is dumb. Um, Fisher so, Price OS strikes it re- again. It really does. It really, really does. I, but I found a solution to it, and so now stuff auto updates. But for a while, I was dealing with these caching issues, and it was, I was confused by the errors I was getting from uh, Rails and and Stimulus. They went looking for files that no longer existed because it it has a digest mode, which is necessary, which is really strongly encouraged for any kind of turbo use. So, anytime you have a file, you um. Your system, Rails in this case, would attach a a random UUID digest to it. If the file changed, that digest changed. So it would know that this file is outdated, grab the new one. That was, you know, it's it's kind of a cache invalidation thing. Well, yeah, I would update the file. The the cache would change, but then it would go looking for the old file because the guest machine didn't know that the file changed yet because VirtualBox hadn't deigned to notify them yet. It's really annoying. This is stupid. Yeah, virtual box. Well, I mean, the alternative is, is um, what's the other one? There's virtual box and then there's Oracle, uh, VMware. I'm not, I'm not buying VMware for my development ecosystem. That's ridiculous. Well, it's all, it's all VMware, right? It's virtual box is just their, you know, open source. I don't even know what the progeny of it is, but. But I think I was, they were, it's, yeah, yeah. O- Oracle now owns virtual box, but they're, they're two different, they're two different Oh, did they did they buy it afterwards? Okay, yeah, I yeah, yeah. They, they didn't. No, I don't think okay. they built it. I think they bought that. I, I think you. they're two fundamentally different products. Yeah. So gotcha. Which just My goes. Bad, yeah, ac- acquisitions bad. just generally suck. It's just yeah. how it goes. So anyway, no, it's good for consumers, Frank. It's good for consumers. <laughs> Isn't that the rephrase that we're that's, supposed to say yeah, all the time? Yeah, that's 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 what we're supposed to say. So this would be a good move for consumers <laughs> and our shareholders. And then you know you like how shareholders? Oh, they're the afterthought. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Oh yeah, I, I guess maybe it does help our shareholders. Well, well what do you know, right? Well, I feel <laughs> like shareholders are probably the first ones, actually. You know, like a, a, an acquisition. I mean, depending on the, sh- you know. Oh no, I, that's the joke. Like oh. you know the the TV oh, episode oh, where the oh, guy the guy the me, guy sorry. schemes to get his way and then uh, contrives a scenario where that happens and then goes to the other party with the contrive thing and then when they point out oh and and you get what you want out of this to, oh 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 yeah I guess I, I hadn't thought of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> jackass uh, jackass um, so anyway yeah that's been my experience so far with um with uh, turbo and uh, and stimulus. Uh, stimulus is really cool. It's a nice, easy, it really is a very simple, clean, uh, controller logic setup for your, for your pages. Uh, and you can attach it to individual elements. You can use the same controller multiple times on a single page. So if you want to run logic, you know, the same time it works really well. Uh, and then turbo for does what it does, um, actually very well. Once you, once you understand what it's doing. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I, I still think you and I were right. Like our, our, our surly opinions of turbo links. I don't think that that was necessarily wrong, but turbo is a, is, is the full realization, you know, turbo links was like this half measure turbo being an end to end adaptation of that 
actually gotcha. works very, it works very well. It works gotcha. very well. So, yeah. So anyway, there you go. There's some, there's some, some, some actual uh, uh, dev work. Um, and the thing is, Turbo and Stimulus documentation, they warn you about all this stuff. The problem is that it's buried. Like there's these concepts that Turbo is doing, that Stimulus is doing, they're very, very heady. And so the documentation has to cover, it's got to cover a lot of ground. Like you've got to do all this, this foundational work to understand what it's doing and what it's trying to do and how it's trying to do it. And then you get into this nuanced implementation detail. You can't start with these implementation gotchas because if you're starting cold turkey on this, it's going to make no freaking sense. <laughs> Turbo is going to make no sense at all. You have to understand, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? And how are we trying to accomplish that? And then you get into the implementation deal. So everything I just described, it's in the stimulus and the Turbo documentation. It's all there. You just got to dig it out. That's, that's the only thing. So read the docs. Read the docs for sure. Yeah, RTFM. I don't RTFM. know. I find like it's tough because there's so many new projects and the the home the the like the homepage for a lot of them is just worthless, right? Because oh, they've yeah. got to condense. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I, I think I don't know if it's just bad copywriting or what it is, but I never. I, I look at I look at the home. I should be able to tell what the damn thing does by looking above the fold, and and oftentimes the language is so abstract. And I think it's just, I don't think it's a problem that you can't succinctly tell me what the thing does. I think people just do a bad job at it. I, um, and so yeah. then what you wind up doing is you go to, uh, you go to YouTube and look for a five minute tutorial because, and it's, it's not that you're an idiot that can't read the docs, right? The third step is to go and actually dive into the documentation. Mm -hmm. Um, but that step two is like, great, your website told me nothing. Now I'm going to go <laughs> and watch a five minute tutorial just so that I understand tactically what it is you're actually doing. Right. Now I have the context I need to go into the docs if I still think it's it's something that I mm -hmm. know, it's going to be helpful. Yep. Is that, is that so it's, it sounds like that's not just my experience. No, I think that's 100%. I think that's a lot of things. Um, I mean, I think Turbo and Stimulus actually, the, the Hotwire website does a good job of it, I, I think. Um, it's DHH though. Laying it out. D I mean, yeah. he, he does a video where he actually walks through a, excuse me, he walks through a, a vanilla app and uh, just puts the whole thing together with all of the JavaScript magic, the way that it's baked in and demonstrates the dynamicism that you're able to accomplish without writing any custom JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, it does a good job there. And there's a small workable, there's actually a, a, a real time work demo on the, I think on the stimulus page, they have a, they have a demo there too. Uh, that's actually happens in on the screen for you in real time, which is pretty neat. Oh. Um, so, so those ones uh, do a good job and there are other sites that do a fairly good job too. But I, I think a lot of them definitely fall short. Like a lot of them fall well, well short because they solve these heady problems, but then they try to explain these heady problems. It's curse of knowledge. I mean, this is classic cursive knowledge yeah. type thing. You can't unknow what you already know. And so it's very hard. It's a learned skill. You can do it, but it, it, it is hard to get outside your own brain and start from square one and explain, you know, okay, here was, here's the problem. Here's the salute. Here's our solution. Here's why this is good. Here's why this yeah. is, you know, why you want to do this. Here's why this makes hey, your life easier, I mean, faster, better. To do it well, a it's you know the storytelling aspect is a different skill set, and then b I think you nailed it. It's curse of knowledge. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's really tough. I mean, I'm not saying that all projects have a have a homepage that's unintelligible, but no, um, but some of them it's a it's a thing that's I mean it's common enough that here I am complaining about it. Right? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's definitely happened. It's it's definitely happened yeah. enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean we had a uh, uh, we had a Silicon Valley reference the other day, the other day about. Uh, uh, or last week we were, we were talking about Mo Loso and Solo Mo, the part, oh right before, but the part, here's the thing. The part right before that is, uh, each, each of these companies talking about how they're going to revolutionize <laughs> blank. And then blank is this mass, just this amalgamation of buzzwords just smashed it's together. It's just this oh, yeah. nonsense. And we're making the world a better place through software-defined data centers for cloud computing. A better place through canonical data models to communicate between endpoints.
Labs. A better place through scalable, fault-tolerant distributed databases with acid transactions. The VC said we had to say change the world, so there, it's in the copy. <laughs> you know. yeah. Oh my god, I'm I am in season five. I'm actually rewatching. Are you now? That's something I think every Gosh. every technologist needs to do every year or two. <laughs> Just as a gut check, just to make sure you haven't become anybody on that. <laughs> just make sure you've not become any character in that show at all. <laughs> That's really. <laughs> well, I mean, adopt adopt the, the good habits and just avoid the, the bad ones. And I, I, it's pretty obvious which is which, you know, I, I, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's uh, so that's what I've been, you know, when I have had time to to dabble in code, that's what I've been doing. And um, it's it's cool. Uh, it's been I, I am fighting. I'm fighting the urge to download and use jQuery. I, I'm 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 really like, I don't want to do it. You don't technically have to. But the jQuery library is just so damned handy. It's just the selectors that it has and some of the, you know, the ease of access. Uh, pieces that it brings to the table are just so stinking useful, but I'm, I'm trying really hard. Like, no, I don't want to do it. I want this to be clean. And if I'm doing really complex stuff that would actually suggest that I need to, you know, rethink my, the, the problem here, you know, I should rely on turbo and the way that it, you know, breaks down the pages into, you know, cause it's supposed to be HTML over the wire. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that because I was I was going to make a comment that like at this at the point that you're at thinking you need jQuery sounds like it should be either um smell. It's a smell for you. It's 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 a it's a smell that either you're not fully utilizing what you've got in front of you mm-hmm. or that you're doing it wrong, right? One of the, one of the two. It's 100% um, doing it wrong because you, yeah. you you should be doing instead of doing a whole lot of JavaScript, you should be doing HTML over the wire. So you should be setting up a, yeah. a a turbo yeah. frame and it should be updating from a call to the back end and you know so right. that it should be doing all those things and so the dynamicism is just replacing the stuff that's happening your business logic should be on the back end that's the whole point the whole point is yeah. not having to do a bunch of that crap and not having to care and not having to care exactly yeah yeah so yeah. anyway it's cool yeah I'm, I'm it has it has not disappointed me it, you know for all the hype you know, getting actual hands-on in some in some real-world scenarios, it, it has not disappointed me. So that's pretty neat. Nice. Yeah. So what about you? What are you doing when you're not preparing our show notes? When I'm while while I am not preparing our show notes. <laughs> while you're not preparing our show notes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. It's been it's been I you can't at the camera angles, you can't see it, but my office is a mess. I realized I bought um, oh yeah, your, I bought, your your sound panels are down. Your your your. I did. I did take those down. That was kind of an experiment, and they were ugly as sin. So I took oh. them down. I'm going to get something else to put up there, um, and do some different things here. And uh, I got. Um, I bought a, a laptop earlier. That I had, I had wanted to uh, replace my PC the year COVID set in, and then that mm-hmm. became mm-hmm. non viable. So I waited, and then earlier this year I bought a laptop, and so. That the old PC's just been sitting there, and I'm stacking my work and personal laptop on top of that. Like I'm using my old <laughs> PC as a shelf, and there's just wire spaghetti. I mean, it's abysmal. Yeah. It's it's just slovenly. And so Saturday, while my wife is working, and I'm I'm three to one with the shrieking flesh goblins, I decided it was a great <laughs> idea while the youngest napped to go and oh, I'm going to reorganize my office and take that old computer out of there. Fine. So <laughs> I. I, I I extricated it from its from its hole amongst the garbage, and then I have not gotten timed it. So I've got stuff littered everywhere. My wife walked in; she's like, "What did you do?" <laughs> so I'm I'm all over the place there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was. Uh, I, we're talking. We're. Uh, you talked a little bit of like tech nerd news. Um, I Apple came out with their new generation of like handsets and stuff. Okay. Um, I I hear they're the same. I hear they're pretty much almost. Yeah, there was like no difference. It's the usual. No, it's it's it was it was thoroughly boring. There's incremental 
you know, iterative improvements on battery life performance, technical mm-hmm. specs, but there's nothing, there's nothing about the new, I, you know, it's time for me to upgrade. So I'll buy the new one. And that's, that's the only reason I'm upgrading. It's not, it's not that interesting. Well, why would you buy the new uh, one then? What's wrong with the old one? If it's just incrementals, just keep using the phone you've got, right? That's, that's a couple years old, right? Battery, you know. This, oh, oh, you're updating just because it, you know, it's, kind of oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I mean, if there's really no differences. No, it's, it's time. It's, it's time for a new time for a new device. So I'll, I'll upgrade, but it's not like they're. Not like they've done anything different in the last 10 years, so thorough uh, <laughs> yes. They did come out with a new version of the AirPods. Um, oh. I'll probably upgrade to those since I'm using my Bose again. Um, mm-hmm. My Bose uh, over-ear. Uh, we talked about that we, last Yes, week. we yeah, did. I don't yep. want to bore everybody with it again. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so now that they dropped those, I think I might, I might trade those in. Um, and then most of the time is really honestly just willfully neglecting the show notes. That's what I'm up to these days. <laughs> I, I sit spend, around. You spend time not doing your meeting, your obligations yes. and responsibilities. You just yes. sit here. I, I, like, sit, I wonder how I, I can sit here and just be less I have useful a, yeah. to humanity. No, no, I'm in here. I've recorded enough of my own voice at this point that I can make people standing out in the hallway think I'm on a conference call 24 seven a day. <laughs> and then. I just sit in my I sit in my other chair in the office here and just actively do nothing to mm-hmm. spite everyone that needs things from me. That's my general strategy lately. It's working pretty well so far, I gotta say. My stress levels are way down. Everybody else oh, is yeah. skyrocketing. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So oh, FYI uh, to our dear viewers, I, we are woefully behind on releasing episodes. This will um, by the time this one comes out, hopefully we'll be mostly caught up but you know the month of august was basically a wash for yeah uh, a host of reasons not just because chris is worthless at his note-taking job but also although that is but that also is that 70 70 to 94 percent of it is but that. also that yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely so we we've got a backlog that we need to get out the door here and and play catch up yeah. on so uh we'll probably have a, a bunch of episodes in 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 rapid succession here so yeah yeah we'll do some drops to, by the time by the time you hear this will have had uh, kind of a bunch, kind of the backlog flood out over the course of a few days mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, before this comes out. But cool. So they um, got to backdate it that way, you know, that way in perpetuity, they think we've been, res- they think I've been responsible this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, that's why you backdate the stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I, um, so I had a, um, uh, unless you have other topics, I did. I did give a PSA to uh, to my team today. Have we talked about rubber ducking on this on the podcast before? Oh yeah, we have. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah. So We've I rubber so ducking. I won't re I won't rehash rubber rubber ducking. Um, uh, but I will uh call out um stuckness because this is another one that I find um in addition. So um so rubber ducking. J- just to quickly recap, um if you um. When you get stuck on a problem, talk to somebody, anybody, even an inanimate object like a rubber duck, because the act of explaining the thing, whatever the problem is from start to finish, it widens your perspective because we, when we're, when we're focused on a problem, our, our, our focus tends to narrow in and we don't have a wide enough mental vision by talking to an inanimate object or somebody who doesn't even know anything about the pro, about what you're doing. You are forced to start from the beginning and go through the whole thing start to finish, which usually uncovers a thing that you didn't consider the first time. So it tricks your idiot brain into thinking things in a, thinking in a things way. out. Right, right. So that's so that's rubber ducking. Um when you rubber duck is what I'm getting at with the stuckness because what I find a lot of engineers and, and one of my guys just did this, you know, knocking his head on a problem for way too long by by himself. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, he, he was dealing with this, he's been dealing with this issue for a little while now. And I said, Hey, have you talked to anyone like, you know, anyone else on the team? And he said, no, I'm, I, I'm reaching out to the communities online. And I'm, no, no, that, I mean, good. You should do that. You should use support threads and things like that. Stack overflow, even when the admins, wrong with that, but it's not your first line. That's not, friends. that's not the first line you need to go to, um, you, you, you need to talk to a human being or your rubber duck. Um, and when do you do that? I think is what a lot of people get hung up on because they, you know, Oh no, I'm still working on the problem. Uh, Yeah. I haven't made, I'm not actually writing new code. I'm still, you know, but I'm still working. The problem is still. Yeah. Yeah. But are you really, um, 
some of the rule of thumb that I give my teams is one hour. If you are working on the same problem, the, the exact same problem space, you're still dealing with the same thing. Um, after an hour, you are stuck and you need to try a, a number of different things. Ducking obviously is an option, but just taking a break and, and lending, letting your brain wander, um, go make a sandwich, go take a shower. Oh my gosh. The genius moments that I have had in the shower. Um, an hour is sort of shower the thoughts for a reason. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, hours is sort of the, the max limit that you want to spend your time spinning your wheels before you change something about the situation. Um, any more than that. And you're really just wasting time. You know, like you have expended all the energy, you have exhausted all the options at that point, more or less. And you're, you're just going to get frustrated and burned out. And it's, it's not, a, you're not actually helping. You're not actually moving the needle. So you need to change something at that point. Um, now that's not to say, you know, if you're dealing with a big problem space and you got stuck on something and you solve a little piece and then you move on and now you're solving another piece and then you move on, you're solving another little piece. That's, that's not stuck. You know, you're, you're, you're moving yeah, the that's, needle. That's, that's that doesn't thing. count. That's a different thing. This is, I am still getting the same error message after, you know, I still can't get this thing to work. You know, um, my, uh, you know, what I said before about vagrant and the synced folder share, this was something that I have dealt with as I've been, you know, playing with this, this code in the background. Um, because like, it just kept coming up and I work on it a little bit and then I would like, okay, I'm done. I'm done working, dealing with this right now. I'm going to shift gears and, and do something else. Yeah. And then maybe I'll do some research later. And I, and I did, you know, shower thoughts came up with a couple of things I could try and, and stuff like that. And eventually I just, I effectively had to just throw in the towel and, you know, change my approach. But like I got there because I didn't let myself get bogged down and stuck in the, in yeah. the space. You've, you've got to shift it, shift it around. Um, I, I, what, what do you, it's an easy what, trap to get into. Well, right. I mean, that's why I, that's why I called this out in, in yeah. the, in the, in the podcast, because I think it's very natural for us to, no, I'm still working on this problem. I'm still hammering this one nail. Mm -hmm. Is the nail moving? No, I well, will conquer it. Yeah. But the nail isn't moving. So why are you still hammering? You're clearly not using yeah. the right hammer. You're not swinging it hard enough. You need to change something. And the best thing to change it, it's like, so I, that's why I like the time limit because it's very clear and arbitrary and it doesn't, it doesn't take into account any mitigating factors about well, what the problem is and you know, what the progress you've made yeah. and you know, what you might just, it's irrelevant. Like you're not making progress. It's been an hour. Stop. Do, just don't do it. Do a yeah. different thing. And yeah. you know, it will, it will sort itself out. And this is, I, I would say this is doubly true for anything that is very time sensitive. Like if you've got a, if you're in a high pressure situation, Oh, I got to get this thing out the door. Well, yeah, I, I get it. Like even in that case, if you're stuck after an hour, you're stuck. Do something else to work on that problem. Work on it a different way. But, you know, you still need to, you can't keep doing the same motion. Definition of insanity, you know. Yeah, it's funny you bring this up. I was just talking with one of my team uh, earlier this week about, like, cycles of being stuck and unstuck and what that looks like. Of course it's funny because this is the refactor podcast. This is literally what we have done our whole careers. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Funny you say that. Yeah. I was oh, just thinking oh, the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead and continue to, oh, you know. I guess it does give me my thing. I didn't think of yeah, that. Go ahead and um, demonstrate the serendipity of this show. Go ahead continue. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of in reference to like, Oh, what it, it all started off with a rant. Maybe this is, maybe this is the broader point. Like, it started off with me, not a rant, my rant about what in the hell work-life balance actually means. I don't oh, like this term. I know. You've said I, that it, before. It is, you've said it that is ambiguous to the point of negligent I, because nobody wants to define it. Nobody can define it. Well, it everybody depends on who you talk to. Everybody thinks they know what it means. Depends on no, who you everybody talk thinks to. they know what it means, and so they use it accordingly, and then miscommunications happen. And there's no wonder because you, you're not actually agreeing on this. So thing. do you have so, an alternative? For work-life balance, is there like how how, no. how do you describe? Okay, so you're saying work-life balance is a, is a complete fallacious concept. It does not exist. I, no, I'm saying that there is not a 
recognized definition. I'm not saying that we don't need a term that means something like that, and Mm -hmm. nor am I saying that I think I have a better term to explain what I think it means. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know what it means. So there's Mm -hmm. nobody seems to agree on this. Um, Anyway, my comment was like, oh, yeah, uh, working remote, right, a distributed team. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about uh, what schedule, you know, when, when do you normally start, when do you normally end? Like, because I'm trying to figure out, hey, if I need to schedule meetings with you, if I'm at all able to accommodate your preferences, I'm, I'm happy to do that. So what, what are your preferences? How do you like to work, right? Because um, this is a contributor and I'm, I'm manager and I've, the meetings can happen whenever. I spend all day talking. It doesn't really matter to me. I want right. to know when you're being effective <laughs> so that I put the meetings someplace else on the calendar, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and we had this whole conversation and, oh, you know, so the, the individual likes to take a long lunch break and, you know, walk the dog, work out, eat, whatever. And I was like, that's great. I, that, that kind of flexibility when you work remote, you don't have in the office. If work-life balance is a thing, I think that's a positive contributor to it, right? The ability when you're remote um, to kind of set your schedule, right? It gives you Mm -hmm. a a degree of separation from rigidity, like temporal rigidity um, that I find – I've always found that. I know you do too, but like we're not going to disagree about that. No. So how does this – so I was talking about stuckness and and so you were talking to this person on your team oh about, right because because uh yeah, yeah sorry you, 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 i you, went you, off on a tangent and then just died he had a little too much sidebar there just a little uh, yeah, too much little, that was probably i'm a double. not as thank that you was, i'm not as thank you as you drunk i am um, um continue so anyway the point was oh it's great to have to be at home to have the flexibility to just get up and walk and and i said you know you go for a walk you wash the dishes you walk the dog whatever you want to do um, I made the comment like you, we don't get paid to type. We get paid to think. Yeah. Yes. And so, yes. and so all of the old programmer memes about sitting with your feet on your desk, you know, playing with a fidget spinner or something and the boss comes by, what are you doing? And the, the response is <laughs> I'm working, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true. Week, weeks truth of coding, it. weeks of coding can save you hours of thinking. I love that <laughs> quip because it's so, it's so punchy and true. Uh-huh. Uh, some of the best work I'm like, I'll, there's too much here. I just need to step. I need a minute of distance because what I found, if you're struggling against this, is getting back to your point. Um, if I was any sort of like graceful podcaster, I would have done this without your prompting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to weave it back into your point, what I have found is that the stuckness only compounds after a certain point. Yes. And I don't know if it's 60 minutes or 24 minutes or three hours, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You draw an arbitrary line because you have to, yeah. and we move on. But at some point, the stuckness only perpetuates because two things are going to happen. Number one, you are going to feel mounting pressure and stress mm-hmm. to type things into the glowing box in front of you. And the longer you go without typing things into the glowing box, the more your own cognitive biases will obliterate your ability for that creative problem solving to happen. Number two, the longer you sit in front of that glowing box, the higher probability some portion of it starts blinking with somebody else that wants a piece of your time distracting you from the problem you're trying to solve. So in my mind, I think like if I can't figure it out in about 15 minutes, I get up and walk away. I take another shower, I go for a walk, whatever. I move boxes around in the basement idly. Whatever it is, like I will literally just do something biomechanically rote mm-hmm. to keep my body busy to give my mind the freedom to get a little blood flowing and and give me space to just think it through right without the stress and pressures and distractions of the glowy box um, right so i you know an hour in my mind an hour might even be generous uh you know conservative on the on the long side but again i think we can both agree that whatever time limit you pick it's arbitrary it's so a, it doesn't matter it's um, definitely no but, more but it's than a litmus an hour. test it's yeah a litmus. if if you are that long and still stuck you are you are well and truly stuck my friend like absolutely reach out to somebody right um yeah, that's that's the idea. You you need it, it but there's pressure in the office. Yeah, to the to the thing about the work life balance and working from home. The thing is, I can sit here at home, not on a meeting, not typing into the glowy box with my feet on the desk for ten minutes, staring up at the ceiling, mm-hmm. and actually doing things. Right? There's that weird mm-hmm. like I am working. I am working out the problem and how I'm going to solve it. 
you do that in an office environment, what kind of, especially as a leader of the organization, what kind of message is that guy sleeping at his desk? I got stuff yeah. that's waiting on him, you know? And so I think that, and again, work from home is not a panacea, right? There's pros and cons and, and proponents. This is definitely like you a pro me, though. You know? This is definitely uh, a pro. But there is a huge, for this kind of work, for software development, there is a huge pro to that. Um, because I, I, it's it's the output that you care about ultimately. It's all you right? care it's about. results. Yep. yep. And it gives you, and, and being at home, it gives you the freedom to, um, to uh, if, if you need to sit back and just think, then you can do that without worrying with fear of repercussions. Yeah. Um, you're, you're pissed a, off at the problem at 1030 in the morning. You need to go to the gym for a couple hours. My friend, the door, you know, yeah. it, it, the gym awaits you. If you get a light bulb at 1159 at night, hit the keyboard. I don't care. Yeah. Right. Like as long as the, as long you know, as the work gets done, I, I trust you and I empower you to go and get the results, how you get them that you're a professional. That's your business. Not yeah. mine, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, Chrisley. I mean, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Chrisley, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah you threw exactly. that back in my face. Mm -hmm, I, I don't did. usually make that mistake with you. Yeah, no, I mean, I have pestered you for so many years <laughs> with that response that I'm like acutely, I I very acutely avoid that term with you, you specifically because I don't want the reprisal. Yeah, you very Chrisley do do uh, do avoid that. That's true. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that is a huge that's a huge plus on the on the on the work from home front dealing with stuckness in particular in a, in a, in a work from home setting is um, yeah. it's much easier because you have that freedom to just get up and go. You're in a more comfortable space. It's easier for you to just let your, it can be easier to just let your brain process the issue. And then there are people who say the exact opposite where, no, I actually want the office space because I do my clearest thinking because then I'm free of distractions. And that's because of the distraction. That's a big thing. That's and fine I, and too. I mean, for some yeah. people, that's that's the case. I, I think that's why we have chocolate and vanilla, man. Mm -hmm. It takes different different ways right. of doing things. I think the key is though, and, and and the point I was trying to make was just that set an arbitrary you know, set a timer to it. You really, really yeah. can, and you really, really should. If you don't yeah, do agreed. that, because there's always there's always a reason why you're still moving. There's always a reason why I know I'm about to get it or, you know, I'm still making progress. But <laughs> yeah, if you're not actually demonstrably making progress, then At recognize point, what your off. brain is. Yeah. Recognize what your brain is doing. Recognize that it's tired of this issue and actually needs to break. Your brain really yeah. does need the rest in order to um, it, it needs to think on different things. It's, it's a muscle like any like any other. And you've got to exercise different different parts of it. You have been, you know, really charging those biceps now for an hour, and they're just they're burned out, man. Go do some legs. Like leave the arms alone. Go do some legs. You know, you've got to work another part of your brain. And and you know, for this analogy, but what I'm suggesting is actually, you know, the shower thoughts thing, the subconscious. Even though you're using not analogies, about it, your brain just keeps going. Using analogies of physical prowess with an audience full of nerds, you're not you're not hitting on all cylinders with that one. What's a what's a bicep? <laughs> well, there's what are these strange words you speak? I mean, that's I mean, we could do. You know what? I'm going to add that to the talking points. I see the time. We don't have time to go into it today, but I actually am a huge, huge proponent of physical exertion, physical fitness, physical activity for engineers and programmers for a whole host of reasons it is far from oh you're an engineer so you don't work out no, far from that it should actually be quite the opposite because the benefits to your to your work are i mean they are direct i i think in in a lot of cases but that's i will i will add that to the uh the, to the future talking points but uh, yeah anyway so uh, what do we got here? Five minutes left. Do you have anything in the mailbag? Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, cover me for a second while I sure. get there. I, sh I thought I had a tab open already and then I wasn't. That's, that's quite all right. I can, I can absolutely cover you here. No pressure. Oh, thanks. That's no, no that's great. No that's exactly pressure. what I meant. Yeah. When I said, Hey, get my back. I uh, got your back. Exactly. We're, we're just, we're, yeah. we're waiting in a nice, cool, open Evening yeah, I, feel. I really appreciate. It. I mm -hmm. really appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah. it's relaxing. Um, it's calm. Stars are out. Nothing to do. This is nowhere to go. Yeah, you know what? Nowhere to be. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. All right, we have one. Um, 
how and this is uh this is oh we so i don't know we we don't have time to fully unpack this uh, um maybe we should hold let's it let's see uh you want to hold i you know we just did the whole crickets thing for how long <laughs> like now we're gonna say oh no wait all never right, mind got, all right fine fine you know, dude. i feel got, like we owe something. we got five minutes and i can run a little long if we need to so yeah. that's fine go uh so anonymous asks how do you and this is uh, you know you'll see in a second how do you find the right balance between marketing slash sales and engineering slash product so anonymous wants to know how do you find the right balance between marketing and sales and engineering and product and so, so it's no marketing other... marketing or sales versus engineering or product so it's the business side versus the technical side is, is kind of what i'm right kind well of marketing sales engineering product yeah yeah um i i think i think he, right he or she balance. is trying to draw like i think they're trying to draw large paint paint broad broad strokes here because you got the marketing sales which is you know you know getting business in the door and then you've got the product engineering which is actually delivering the delivering on the promises made by marketing and sales i think is you know it's that natural tension between the the business and the technology between the you know this this the sales side the the incoming side and the delivery side i think is the the yeah i mean we've I, we've hit on, i feel like we've hit on this point a lot recently but but you're your, if your engineering is, if your engineering is functionally, like if you, if you're completely isolated from your product, your marketing, your sales direction, mm-hmm. you're not gonna have a good outcome. That's anyway. no good either. So I think that. So I think the question is not like what is the balance. It uh, the 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 right question would be, how do you better integrate them? Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Like how? Because how, how like you can't because you can't you can't build you can't build you can't you can't build a bunch of technology and then figure out what the product is, right? Uh, apropos that to both how you market it and how you sell it, right? You have right. to have a cohesive sense of product, and your product is the thing. Engineering is an input. Marketing is an input. Sales is an input. And then, like we keep talking about, security and legal and all of these other functions, operations, they are all inputs. They make the product. Like the product is almost not even a distinct thing. It is the uh, it is the sum total of all the other stuff that's that goes into it and supports it. And I feel like where this comes from might be a reflection. I, I have no more context. That's that's the that's the whole feedback. Mm-hmm. That this might be some kind of a reflection on like a tail wagging the dog type situation. What it's sounds- no, where we're like where we're constantly we're constantly building what just got sold. Uh, that could be one way to interpret it. Yeah, there's there's definitely the you know, building what just got sold. Um, there is um, I, I, so there are two there's 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 two negative sides to this on the on the sales side it's making promises to customers before you even know if they're feasible or how feasible or how long you know without actually yeah. having scope them that's a common yeah. complaint that engineers have like oh you promised this thing and it's due next tuesday that you know we haven't even thought about and you you know brought up in the middle of the sprint great yeah this is great yeah. so so you want to you need to avoid that situation on the other hand engineering needs to remember that it's actually an effect, not cause. You know, engineering is there because there's a business need, because there's a you know a business being driven, and engineering is an implementation of that of that outcome. You know, engineering does not you know does not actually dictate what gets built to a certain you know in large in large part how it gets built and you know how it's designed and things like that. Those are actual in engineering inputs, but the thing to be built, what needs to be built, the features that need to be built, that's that's not, you know, engineer has a engineering has a seat at the table, but they're not the driving force. And I think a lot of yeah. engineers forget forget that because because the, they're on the, the implementation The technology side. is there to support the business, not, not the other way around. Not the other way around, right. So that's the two that's the two sides of this coin behaving badly. Um yeah. to keep them from doing that I think it's a case of checks and balances. There's a natural tension between those two. And I think that's healthy. And it's, you know, the onus is on engineering to tell marketing and sales, don't promise crap before you talk to us. And it's also, it, it, you know, there's a, there's a responsibility on the, on the business side to tell 
engineering. Make sure they can deliver here's, what they sell. Here's yeah. Here's what we're building. Here's what it needs to do. You know, yeah. talk to me about timeframes. And so it's 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 an open communication thing, but it's also about both sides understanding their perspective roles and then keeping the other one honest. They obviously have a vested interest in their in themselves, but you also have a indirect interest in making sure that the other side of the of the coin is is doing things doing what it needs to do as well. So by you know keeping open comms and and just making sure that you know the operation is is running the way you anticipate it and then raising issues when it when it's not. I think that's that's how that's how you keep it moving straight. And when you don't do that then you end up with this aberrant behavior probably Anonymous is talking about the same kinds of stuff that uh, that we, you know, that I just described, you know, bad behavior, you know, abusing the other party, you know, because they're not actually taking into account, you know, where, where the pieces all sort of fit together, I think. Yeah. So, so, so it's, so the answer is so many times it is, is communication. Oh yeah. I mean, it, 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 I mean, you can come back to, I mean, these are all the problems we run into are people problems. Even oh, in yeah. engineering, you know, you could, you could, if you go far enough down the philosophical rabbit hole, you end up there, I think, with, with all yeah. this kind of stuff. Because yeah. people are going to people. So if you hate your sales team or you skipped leg day, please uh, let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. Refactored, uh, feedback at refactored.work is where you can do that. Send us an email or record a uh, voice record and, and email us that. We'll play it on the show for you. Um, you can find uh, archives, back episodes, show notes, recommendations, uh, and shenanigans at refactored.work. Uh, there's more goodness on the web to be had at hotcoalsandchris.tonkinson.com. And uh, this has been episode 80. Wow. Mm-hmm. On September 13th, 2022. Thanks, Frank. I'm off to do ear day. I never miss ear day. <laughs> <laughs>